Now, see how I've got my big fat Bible here? Was it, uh, they call it a visual tool? Is that what, is that what it's called, Amy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, today I'm going to be speaking on sensitivity and I welcome you to add your voice as a yay or a no if you feel the need to. <laughs> Hopefully there's more yays than no's. Um, but I just want to, I want to prepare you because I'm going to come from a place of where it may feel like I'm being a little bit firm. Um, but I want you to understand that when we walk with the Lord and he calls us into maturity, it's a maturing love. But it also means there's times when we just got to step up. And it's not a condemnation thing and it's zero shame. It's like a like a a self-check and a self-assessment of like, where am I at with this? Um, I'm not going to be doing a massive complex word by any means. My name's Nicole, not Brad. He is incredible, my goodness. You should try having a conversation with that man. He literally just, wisdom flows out. He's amazing. Yeah, if any of you have had those kind of conversations with him, you'll know. Alrighty, so when I'm talking about staying sensitive to Jesus, I'm not talking about um, like the emotional soul realm of things as such, okay? I'm talking about it affects, like your soul affects it hugely, but I'm talking about moving where he says to go, listening for him. Um, there's like a gentleness that happens in your, which is in your heart, but also, it's like a gentleness that happens that, like, I want to hear your voice. It's like he might wake you up at one o'clock in the morning and he might not say, come and pray with me. And yet you choose to get up and go pray and be with him. But that's a sensitivity. And it's not all that he's telling me everything to do. It's like I'm proactive in the posturing myself, in the preparing myself, um, in just being ready, having a heart that can receive what he wants to say. Um, I know, you know, if you've ever been in a relationship, friends even, if it was all one-sided, it doesn't last very long. And um, we sometimes, like he is Lord and he is King and he's friend. He's so, he's so many things. But there's this, I feel like he just goes, oh, they want to be with me. Like there's a joy that just and a pleasure that rises in his heart when it's like, oh, I'll just get up and I'll just be with you, you know. Um, so if you ever get woken up one o'clock in the morning, just rise and just go be with him, even if it's for 20 minutes and then jump back into bed. You'll find it unlocks things in your heart and in, not in his, because his is already unlocked to you, but it's like it opens things up for you because there's a willingness, there's a yieldedness, there's a, a delight and a pleasure that's birthed in those places of being proactive. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. Who, who said that? Oh, Adele. <laughs> so I've got a few lights at me as well, so it's like, yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about yielding to what we do have. So when we were doing that song, Rain Above It All, you reign above it all, he, he made a way, like with, he made a covenant with us. And so it means that this amazing book is filled with promises of covenant. And I don't know if you've heard it before, but the Old Testament 
covenant was quite incredible. You look at Jacob, um, Abraham, Moses, all those things, like the abundance. I mean, Brad's been speaking on abundance. Rich just recently did a whole series on it. There's this massive amount that is contained in the old covenant. And then we've come into a new covenant, which is actually a better covenant. I don't know if you noticed the shifts where it was before, if you commit adultery, whereas now it's like if you look at a man and lust in after, sorry, look at someone who's the opposite sex or whichever, um, and lust after them, it's as good as adultery. And so even as that, um, even as that has shifted to a heart level, so has the things of the covenant. It's like there's more than. It's like more is required, but we can have a greater expectation as well. And so it was just the other day um, we were here um, at our prayer gatherings, which are Monday night at 6.30 to 8 or Fridays 12 to 1, lunchtime if you're interested. But we were here and um, we were praying for Marty at the end and I felt um, we, were just, we were praying for healing and I just felt Holy Spirit say, yield. I'm like, okay. So I just, you know, opened myself up and I yield. And he's like, he's like, yield to healing. And I was just like, whoa. Okay, then. It's not something I have to attain because I've already got it. Because he's already paid for it. And I feel like in this season, for me, the Lord's been doing these flips of things. And so it's not that I'm going to attain something. I'm actually yielding to what I've already got what he's already paid for, what he's already put in me. Yeah? And so if he does that with healing, there's just so many other things. And even in the yielding, our inability in areas to yield is actually limited by our structures. Unit one, I encourage you all. <laughs> I'll do little black blips here and there. <laughs> oh, dear. And so... When we hit a wall with our level of yielding, it's actually because something's in the way in us. There's something in the way. And they're the spots where I really encourage you to sit with the Holy Spirit in and ask him, why, is it only, why am I only yielding this far? Why is it only going this deep? Um, I put it to my Life Hub the other week. Um, about the abundance series because I put out a question beforehand saying be prepared to talk about what abundance you're not seeing and I I said um, where is your lack and a couple of them were just like thrown by my usage of the word lack in there and um, I think it was at one said it and I went oh okay that's interesting because that wasn't what where I was coming from and then a couple said it and I was just like, oh, okay, maybe like did a little heart check, like, Lord, do I fit, like do I come from a place of lack? Um, and I was like, oh, I don't don't feel like I do. But I think when I when I listened to um, Brad's things, when I read the word, I am looking. I'm like going, where am I seeing this in my life? Where am I not seeing this in my life? Because I know that that's a spot, that's a sticking point, and so. We're going to talk about the word, but it's really important to find your spots and so and sit with Holy Spirit in those spots. So, um, yeah, anyway. Sorry, I think I went on a tangent there, but it's all good. <laughs> 
Welcome to my brain. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to read you um, John 15, just 1 to 10, because that's kind of going to be like we're going to jump in that throughout. And it just says, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples, and he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. I remember when I first read that, I was like, ouch. (laughs) Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You've probably heard that um, passage a number of times. Um, And what I realised, because I've been in this passage for probably a year now, but one of the things I realised is actually sensitivity is a fruit of abiding. It's, It's a produce of. It's not just a, I can come and go, do whatever I want, and stay sensitive to the Lord. Okay, it's also um, it's a pathway to maturity. It's your sensitivity to the Lord should grow. It's supposed to grow. <laughs> your level of sanctification and consecration grows. It changes. It doesn't. The way I heard the Lord uh, when I was sorry, I'm just thinking fourteen. That's when I got saved. Um, is very different to how I feel, hear, see and that all my sensitive to him today. My sensitivity has increased and it's not only just been, and I'm thinking, don't just look at it 2D, look at it 4D because it is way bigger. It's, um, I used to feel him, now I see, I hear, I feel still, I know Um, I can taste him sometimes, I can smell him sometimes. Like your walk with the Lord in your sensitivity is supposed to mature and grow. And like um, anyone who's a foodie, not looking anywhere in particular, (laughs) or a wine connoisseur, you develop a palate and it matures and you can taste the best wine and you can taste the worst wine and you can pick what's what. You can pick what grape. Some people are amazing and pick what region, (laughs) what soil type it came from. You know, and so it is with our sensitivity as we grow with the Lord. It's that we're able to not just um, like go, this is the only form of communication, but like, oh, wow. And we can just take in through all of our senses so much more of what he's saying. And if you're, we are all a prophetic people because that's the way he's designed us. But if you're more wired that way, then that will even be greater. 
sorry, my notes. Um, so with the abiding, I think you can kind of interchange the word here and even with sensitivity for intimacy. And um, I just want to do a little bit of debunking of intimacy because uh, I see a lot of, oh, it looks like this. And so that's the way it has to look. Um, that might not necessarily, like, yes, that's a portion of how it looks. That's a facet of how it looks. It's, but it is basically when you break intimacy down, it's that you're getting to know him. And he's getting to know you, even though he knows you, but you don't know that he knows you. There's parts of you that don't know that he knows you. Because <laughs> we hide things from him, even though he can see it. So we obviously don't know that he knows us. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's literally intimacy is just getting to know him. What is he like? What does he hate? What does he what makes him laugh? What makes him dance and shout? What makes him like pull his sword out like I'm going for war on your behalf? What what does that for? What does that to him? Do you know? There's a lot of learning to do of him, and we're going to be doing it for all eternity. You won't know all of him when you die. At that point, you die. It's like we continue to know him because he is unending. Hmm. Um, so you learn in that you will learn to love what he loves, and you will learn to hate what he hates. You will learn to hate sin. You will learn to love the poor and the broken. You will love to heal the sick. You will love to bind up the brokenhearted. I was looking at that scripture. Um, true religion is this, is that you go and you feed the widows and the orphans. And you seek him with all your heart. It's like it's a two-end. Um. And when I was writing this, I just felt Holy Spirit wanted to tell you, come find me. Come and find me. Come and find me. It's a pulling aside and to come and find him. It's, it's not a, I can go a million miles a minute and think that I can just go, hey, hi, Bye. Off I go again. It just doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. There's a reason why David knew him so well in the field. I think he did a lot of just sitting. While his sheep were feeding, he was like watching over them, practicing his harp, practicing his slingshot. Like there's a lifestyle that we actually have to create now that allows for that space. We don't, our, our culture is so fast paced that if you don't make the moments and the opportunity to slow down for and to connect with him, you'll be gone and then you'll be down the track and you'll be going, uh, Jesus, are you there? Are you there? You know, like that's the reality of it. If we don't, and yes, he wants us to, he wants us to be productive. So don't say I'm saying, don't think, sorry, that I'm saying I've got to do nothing. 
He wants us to produce good fruit. He wants us to be productive. But there's this marrying somewhere in there, I'm still working it out, that my internal space can be in rest and I can go about my day. And it's like just connecting, connecting, connecting. But I tell you what, the beginning of my day starts in the dark, in the quiet, in prayer, in worship, in the word, whatever it looks like. And it's, it's a decent chunk of time. But then my day afterwards um, flows from that space. And so then I can, I'm, I'm connected and I can hear him like going, come find me, come find me through my day because I started, I'll come find you. Mm. Man, he's so good, hey? Um, Romans 8, um, I love the dichotomy of Romans 7 and 8 is that they're almost like opposite spectrums and Romans 7 is like it's supposed to be the unbeliever life of where um, I do what I don't want to do and I say what I don't want to say when I want to do this and I end up doing this you know like I remember when I initially read that I'm like oh my goodness if Paul can't do it what hope have I got (laughs) And then I read, then I read Romans eight, <laughs> and it's about the spirit-led life, and um, the spirit-led life is is that sensitivity to him, that he wants to be in every part of your day, that he wants to um, he wants you to incline your ear to hear him, he wants you to have your heart turned towards him, um, he wants you to, you know. Hi, how are you going? And smile at someone because you've got joy because you've been watered and fed and that you've got something to pour out. That's, what he, that's him on, in flesh, that's what it looks like, and beyond that. Um, but I love, I love Romans 8, I think primarily because it just, it just tells you if you go after the flesh, you're going to reap the flesh and it's death. It doesn't produce good fruit. It doesn't produce life. You won't have joy. You won't, you won't have um, contentment with the Lord. You won't have sensitivity to the Lord. You won't have connection with the Lord. But if you go after the things of the Spirit, the things of that his, of what, he is, what he is all about, that intimacy, the abiding, the sensitivity, you will get that and way more. Okay. So if you've never done a contrast between the two, I really encourage you to do that. Mm. So how do we grow in sensitivity? We yield. And so I looked up the definition of yield and it means to permit, to grant, to give up, to allow, to concede, to admit to be true and to resign and it had a few other things, but they were pretty similar. And I just find it's really interesting. It's like it gives – it's two twofold approach, really. It's giving permission to him to come, and it's also laying down my rights. I am giving up myself. I am resigning myself to him. I'm conceding to him. And um, – Another word of scripture I've been sitting in is Ezekiel 47, 3. And it's where, it's funny because we had this come up in the prayer gather, uh, prayer, pre, pre-gathering prayer this morning. And it's the river of this, you know, said like 
Ezekiel's river, but it's talking about the river that comes out from the throne room. And it says, the man took Ezekiel by the hand and led him into the river a thousand uh, cubits, was it, I think, the measurement? A thousand cubits. And he was in ankle deep. Now, a thousand cubits is not small. (laughs) But then he led him in another thousand cubits, still taking him by the hand, and he was at the knees. Then another thousand cubits, and then he was at the waist. And then another thousand, and then he couldn't touch the ground, and it was strong enough that it would just take your feet out from underneath you. And if you imagine that man to be Holy Spirit, and let him take you by the hand and lead you in. And knowing that um, it's a thousand cubits, like there's a decent amount of walking before you get those extra depths. Um, And this has been my prayer just recently, is like, Holy Spirit, take me by the hand and lead me into your depths. And everything that hasn't been in alignment with him suddenly is coming up. (laughs) because he can't lead you where, you know, you've got the resistance and not yielding. And um, I was listening to Jen Evaz the other day and she was talking, she was actually talking about this and she was, but the way she was saying it was that it's like, come Holy Spirit, take me by the hand and she would feel his presence come upon her and he would just be with her through the day. And she started attuning herself to like, oh, I don't feel him. And then she said, um, she said, I've, I have found that when I don't feel his presence, it's actually because of my attitude towards someone. For her, that's what he nails. <laughs> so for everyone, it might be different. But like you are, it is meant that you would daily, continuously feel the presence of Holy Spirit on you, in you, around you. And I think I wanted to talk a little bit about that, um, his presence in that way is that I know Brad mentioned this the other week and he said um, Holy Spirit is in you so baptizing the Holy Spirit he is in you and you might have um, was it the first sign not everyone get has it but you can ask for it is the um, speaking of tongues so you have it in you and tongues is beautiful because it unlocks it it, it um, edifies your inner being it strengthens you. Um, your point of discernment is there as well. Um, not the tongues itself, but the spirit because it become, you become more active and alive. And then you have the anointing that comes upon you. And so that quite often is the anointing that um, will come on someone for the work of the ministry. It's it, it can be just his wraparound loves at times, but I know that I can come in here on a Sunday and be absolutely exhausted. I've got nothing in the tank. I've got even like I physically feel the weariness and the tiredness. I feel things a lot through my body. Um, that's just how I'm wired and designed. Um, so I co- my body physically can cop a lot in a week, um, but I can come and... I'm so grateful for pre-gathering prayer. And, and I just stand there and I just, even as they're praying over people or for the community, I stand there and I'm like, just quicken my body, Holy Spirit. And he just comes and he just breathes on my physical body. 
in that way. And then my spirit's like, the all alignment happens. It's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and I'm literally like that. All right, let's go. I've got my jacket on. Let's go. Ready for it. And then I can come and serve you guys. So it's pretty amazing how it works. Um, and so also in that, we have like the personal anointing presence and we have corporate. And so when you are stewarding that abiding, when you are stewarding your sensitivity to him, your personal anointing will actually increase. And so when you go out on the, you know, to the shops or whatever, like you feel him in a greater way. And so you have more confidence, like really, like you have more confidence. And it's like, oh, I see someone, oh, you're saying that about them, Lord. Oh, go and tell them. And you just, you get in this flow with him because you have a confidence and you know how, like, it's almost like you just learn how he works and and how to work with him. And so then you have corporate anointing, which is when we gather like this, when more than one of us get together, so two of us get together. And what happens, and I don't quite understand how this all works, but it just works. And it's designed that we're actually stronger together. And so um, worship for me at home looks different to how it does on a Sunday because I go into much further places when I'm with you guys and it's the strength of the body is that when one comes in and feels weak, the, the anointing of all of us together actually will carry, lift up and carry the rest. And now you can feel, I don't, um, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, like you can physically feel even when we're beyond a Sunday um, and people are praying for you. Have you like felt that? It's like you really feel, I think the word is like shored up. It's like there's struts there supporting you. And it's like you can feel your brothers and sisters have gathered around you. Um, I've felt that some a few times in huge loss. It's been actually what has gotten me through sometimes. So thank you. It's very important that we pray for one another. Um, so there's... So I can come and I can even operate under an anointing that's just to deliver this message that might not be my normal. And yet when we get together, what the corporate anointing can do is greater than what any single person's anointing can do. That's why it's important to show up. That's why and I'm and I'm maybe this is the firm part. Now, <laughs> no joking. <laughs> Joking, 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 no pressure. But it is important to show up. It's important when we don't feel like it to show up. And that's not just on a Sunday. That's just to life. That's to anything. So there's times when, um, you know, burnout and stuff like that, it's like you need to come and just be. And then there's other times, and this is a beautiful thing about the body, is you might just come and sit on the floor and weep and do nothing. And that's showing up. And then there's times when it's like I'm standing next to my brother or sister and like you're on the floor, you're weeping, but I will pick up my sword on your behalf and I will fight for you on your behalf. I will hear the voice of the Lord for you when you feel like you can't at the moment. But it's, there's like this, I love it, because it's like this give and take. 
just going on. It's organic. It, um, that's what living in the Spirit's like, people. It's organic and it flows. It has life. It pulsates with life. And so the um, Isaiah 10.27 talks about the anointing that breaks the heavy yoke. And that's why it's important to get in his presence. It's impo- it is so important. Have you done um, like a month's worth without feeling his presence? You feel worse than a potato chip. Like you really do. You're so dry. And then... It's actually hard even to receive when you do come into corporate because you're literally so dry. If um, How much water it takes for, like, say, a, a sponge, like before it will start drawing up water. It's like you've got to sit in the puddle for a bit <laughs> and then eventually you'll start soaking it up and filling up. But it's, it's so important to show up. Show up to your quiet times. Show up to corporate times. Show up to appointments, things like that. And if you can't, literally physically can't, send a message. <laughs> so his presence will also, it will bind the brokenhearted. It, I don't know how many times it's been like oil on my heart, um, his presence, and it's, I've gone in. I'll give you a really good example. Years ago, I was studying nursing. I had I was this one unit that I had, and I kid you not, it would have been four units in one. The amount of material that we had to know, and I had an exam coming up, and I had studied through the semester, but it was there was just so much in it, and um, and I remember, like I was sitting there studying in my study week break that you get before you do exams. And just like I'm reading it and I'm like writing, rewriting it and I can grasp the context and the um, principles but the details I was struggling to just to remember like a skin cell can move five centimetres <laughs> to repair a wound. That was the kind of detail that I was trying to maintain for wound healing. Anyway... I went, um, I went into my room because by now I was frustrated as all get up. Frustrated as, and which, you know, is not very conducive to studying. And I put on um, Casting Crowns Praise You in the Storm. Oh, my goodness. I was a wreck afterwards. And I was there probably for a good hour with that song on repeat. And I was snot everywhere, tears everywhere, hair was probably everywhere. Um, but I got up afterwards and I was, right, let's do it. It's like the presence of God will shift your heart posture. The presence of God, will, you stay there till you get it because it will sh- not just shift, but it will soften and tenderise your heart. It will shift things. I mean, it shifts things in the spirit hugely, but it shifts things in you and Things that you thought even before, it changes the way you think about things even. It changes the way you see things. You get a higher perspective. And there's, I really encourage you actually to take the time to wrestle in that spot because that is where your heart will, going, will go from being me dependent to him dependent. So I, there's usually lots of wrestle in that place for me, um, especially over the years. Um, now I've got some wonderful people I can wrestle with too. <laughs> oh, dear. 
Um, so it transforms your heart. It also, this is what I love about it, and this is probably, I think for me, in his presence, um, for me, like, I can feel, like now I've matured to a point where I can just close my eyes and go, hey, Holy Spirit. And straight away I can feel him and it's just about to knock me over. But for years I cultivated it in worship, in particular musical worship, because that's just where, that's my connection point to the Lord. Um, Side note, there's a really good book called Nine Sacred Pathways to God, I think it's called. I can't remember who the author is. But he writes about in there about nine different ways that humans connect with the Lord. So one of them is through nature. One of them would be through um, contemplation. Another one through creativity. Another one through like the rites and rituals, you know, of like taking communion. You know, there's different aspects and we all probably do a bit of each, but there's probably some that we are really strong in. I know Jess, she's in um, kids. But you just take her on a nature walk and she breathes the deepest she's breathed all day. You know, just this massive exhale. She just sees the Lord and there's so much delight for her in nature. For me, it's in worship. Um, That's my space of where I wrestle and I go... So find your find your way, find your way. Um, but also one of the things I've realized over the years is that in Isaiah 11, 1 to 3, it's talking about, um, about Jesus coming in. It says, and the spirit of the Lord will be upon him. And, and then he says, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, revel- spirit of revelation and the fear of the Lord. And they're this, like the seven spirits, the seven attributes, um, even though it says the seven spirits, but it's really it's like the seven attributes of Holy Spirit. So he is the spirit of the Lord. He is the spirit of wisdom. He is the spirit of understanding. He is the spirit of counsel. He is the spirit of strength. He's a spirit of revelation and he is the fear of the Lord. And so in that place of his presence, you encounter all of that and suddenly you might come out with a new invention. You might come out with revelation of the word, something that you've read a million times over and going, I don't understand it. All of a sudden you understand it. He breathes life in that space. So priority, uh, prioritise it. He also speaks um, in his word. And I know that's like common sense, but how much time do we spend in the word? And I know Brad, um, I am, you need, uh, I'm going to explain where I come from on this. The Holy Spirit is up here for me and the Word is up here for me. It's, they are both important, like bread and butter. That's your bread and butter, people. Okay. Um, it's the Logos Word, which is the written Word. Jesus was the Logos Word. And then there's a rhema word, which is the spirit-breathed word. That's the revelation that you hear. That's the prophetic words you hear. That's the whisper of him speaking to you daily. That's, what, that's, that's the rhema word. The two always connect. If you're hearing something that doesn't align to this, it ain't Holy Spirit. It's not Holy Spirit. It is not Holy Spirit. 
and so and I say that um, because especially um, like, I guess different movements globally talking about denominations and that you'll find that they lean more into one than the other but we need to be married with both they're both important how would you know that it's not Holy Spirit if you don't know this and I'm not saying you need to know it back to front but if you knew it this and you hear him, go look for it in the word. Like they confirm one another. It's quite amazing. Um, I was remembering, I don't know if I've said this ages ago, but when I was in youth, we went on a youth camp and John Warwick was speaking at the time. That might show my age. And, um, and he said, and it was like so profound to me because I was only a new Christian. He goes, you watch three hours of TV and you read three minutes of the word. What do you think is going to have the most impact? Really, like what do you think? You can't spend three minutes reading something and then expect it to stick and then go do everything the world's doing and that's going to breed life. Like where, what is it? Where your um, heart is, your treasure is also. So, yeah. Um, so, and I think the value of this as well, well, both of them together, is Romans 12 too. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Those places that are stuck with the yielding need to be transformed. And this, this, is, another, this is another aspect which just helps to get, those unstuck place, get to those unstuck places and to find out where those sticking points are so you can do the journey of getting through them and yield another layer. And this really is a season of actually not just learning to yield but yielding in a deeper way. And I'm talking like, I'm talking about even in a day, in a 24-hour period, you can yield at a greater level in the evening than what you did in the morning. So it is important that we're actually being diligent with this. Um, and Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Ah. So even the way we think will be challenged by the word. Um, it was a few years ago now, but I was sitting there with the Lord and I'm like, going, Lord, I'm reading this and it's like I'm reading it. I'm going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah, cool. And like it literally was doing nothing for me. And then <laughs> so I said that I'm like, Jesus, please help me because I know that scripture, that's, I know that scripture really well. And it's like it's not doing that for me. Something has to shift in me. About three days later, I think it was, he goes, read the book of James. And it is like, I just got my butt whooped. <laughs> and it appears so deeply because one of the biggest things James talks about is how you use your tongue. And it is like, okay, I'll just, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> oh dear. But what I love about that is a two-edged sword that pierces the division of the soul and spirit, the joints of marrow, and discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And one side of that sword, because we all see, that's the same sort of, that's the sword. 
that we use um, when you read, uh, what is it, your spiritual armour, Ephesians 4, and it's talking about um, the sword of the spirit. Like, this is that. And so it's a two-edged sword. So it has two purposes. One purpose is to pierce your heart and go, oh, that hurts. That doesn't line up. That doesn't agree with that. And it's also then you take it and you turn around and you give it to the enemy as well. And so the perfect work of it in you is that it does both. Everyone's so quiet. (laughs) I hope that's because you're thinking and, yeah, cool. That's all right. Um, 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Do your your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So we need to know it to be able to use it in the way that's needed for each situation. If um, I'm going to say this really nicely. If you want to know Jesus, read your word. If you want to know yourself, read the word. It's, and even in that, it's not enough to just read it. The um, King James Version actually says, study to show yourself approved. It's like studying the word. There's so, mu- so much meat available, so much. Um, and see, that's where the sensitivity even changes that. So what, um, what corrected you or me, you know, 20 odd years ago speaks differently to me now. It's living and active. And so it changes. So the law is just incredible. I feel I'm going in circles there a bit. Sorry. Um, It also, that's right, it gives you a framework to build understanding of the Lord in. It's like knowing that he's a healer. It's like I can tell you Jesus is a healer. If you actually don't know the word, you go, okay then. Like it has nothing to sit on. But when you read the word and you, you just read about what his death and resurrection paid for, you start going, oh no, every lashing he took bore my sin. It was for my healing of my body, healing of my mind, healing of my emotions, Every part, healing of my will even, like it's for every part. And so this actually creates a framework for you to hang all those things on. There's, um, I mean, so many healing scriptures, so many healing scriptures. And and, And I think this is where also reading and studying differentiate as well because it's one thing, I can put a scripture in front of me and I can read it a million times a day but it's not actually until it gets on the inside of me and becomes like that belief that things start to shift and change. Does that make sense? Yeah, cool. Um, He actually talks about his word as being anointed. So it has presence on it. When you read it, it has presence on it. And a really good little way to like do that is to meditate on the word like Psalms talks a lot about meditating on the word. But it also, it could be just get one verse, two verse, two verses 
and ponder on those through the day. Look at what do those words mean? Um, Brad mentioned the Blue Letter Bible app that you can get for your phone and you just bring the scripture up, you press and hold it, opens up like a concordance to look at the depth of what one single word can mean. So, and more revelation is available in that. There's, like little, there's lots of things we have access to. Um, I love how it also talks about, um, he mentions it here, is that, um, da, 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 where is it? But that his word has cleansed us. It washes us. And so even just reading scripture to one another or praying it over one another actually just washes us clean. It, it kind of brings us into a place of rest and agreement. If we're not sensitive, we won't notice that. But as we grow in our sensitivity, we will actually start to feel that, like, oh, the word just brings life. Like, wow, I can just feel it sustain me physically, spirit, soul, and body. Cool. My next point is obedience. Everyone loves that word. <laughs> it's, not, it's not enough to literally, it's not enough to just hear the word. It's like we need to be doers of the word too. And so that is where presence is really helpful because it actually convinces us that that is the better way. It is um, a much more fruitful way. It honours him more. Um, John 14, 15 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's simple. And it's, when they use the word commandments there, it's not just love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind and all your strength and second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. His commandments is even his rhema word that he's speaking you like normally through your day, it's like you can say commandments or commands either way because they're pretty much the same thing. But it's it's like go and pay for that person's groceries. It's obedience. It's obedience to the rhema word, or it's um, look after, take care of the widows and the orphans. That's written in the word. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah? Cool. Um, so I'm just tracking with time as well. Uh, Jesus just walked all the time in obedience to the Father. He didn't do one thing without him. He did everything with him. He did what he did, what he saw him doing, sorry. He said what he heard him saying. He went where he saw him leading. Cool. Uh, so just quickly going to finish this. Uh, guarding sensitivity which is kind of guarding your heart. And it's take time to be with Jesus because you're creating the soil for it. Um, what am I watching and what am I listening to? It's probably, for me, has been the number one thing. Um, if you're watching violence, sexual stuff on TV, you can't expect that that's not going to impact your heart. You can't expect that that's not going to impact your soul. Um, Funny enough, when you go and watch that stuff and then you come before the Lord, you actually feel unclean. And so the journey of that is repentance, just so you know. Um, hey? FYI, FYI yeah. <laughs> Keeping it real. Um, I've been through a season of where the Lord has had me even repenting for um, the little things like songs I listened to when I was a teenager, like, and I, did, I, 
I've never been a listening to the radio person. From the point I got saved, I mostly listen to worship music because that's just my heart's just always been that way. Um, sorry. He's asked me like um, to repent of the odd song that I'd listen to. That be and because I'm musical, it is catchy for me, really catchy. It's designed to be catchy, and I mean there was one song that I repented of that um, was like forever ago, and I didn't even love it that much, but it still had a hook, and so the level of um, consecration is increasing. Your sensitivity depends on it. It's um, it can't you can't keep doing what you're doing and expect different results. You can't keep just like a dog to its vomit and expecting things to change. Like it's it's just the reality, and we can't we can't be blind. We need each other to help us see those sticky spots. And so forgiveness and repentance, it's like it's literally it's the one plus one equals two. Like it's none of this is rocket science. It really isn't. Being sensitive to the Lord, it just it isn't rocket science. It's just diligence and consistency and humility. It's nothing. It's nothing like wow or anything like that. It's like wow. In Ezekiel um, 36 verse 26, he says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. But then in Matthew 13, 15, He's, Jesus talking to, um, or he's just come away from talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, and he says that these people's heart have grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and with their eyes they have closed. Like you can, a heart of flesh can still get calluses if you let it. It can still. Um, and um, and I tell you now, it's not like every area of your life. It's not every area, but there's still there can still be spots that are hardened to the Lord, and He wants every part. He really does. He wants every part. You can also guard your um, sensitivity by allowing joy to bubble up. We get so intense sometimes. I'm really bad for this. <laughs> so owning it right now. But joy is a fruit of the spirit. So it comes from within. It doesn't come from circumstances or anything like that. It, it bubbles up from within. But you still got to yield to it. And you still got to like allow yourself to feel joy. Um, I had such a journey in grief that... Um, it was almost like a part of my heart actually didn't, wouldn't allow me to feel the joy. So I was normally the one when people were manifesting in joy, I was on the floor bawling my eyes out even more. 
And I'd be like, I want that. (laughs) So, yeah, serving others will also help with your sensitivity. When you see the needs of others, it it stirs up compassion within. It's like how many times you saw Jesus goes, and he was moved with compassion. He groaned with compassion. He, and it was always in the area of when he was going to heal someone or when he could hear their hunger to know about the kingdom. He was, it, moved, it moved him, not just his heart. He physically moved. And everyone that he prayed for got healed. So there's a key. Um, pride that kind of calluses our heart not so nicely. And the last one I have is busyness. We um, it's been a season of where the Lord had been saying rest, and at the beginning of that, it literally was like just stop what you're doing, put it all down, and come and be with me. And then I don't know if you felt like it shifted to, okay, now you're doing that in the natural. Now you're going to go about your day, but you are going to be on the inside of you, in rest still. Because he does things in the natural and then in the spirit. First in the natural, first in the spirit. One of my life hubbies, look up that scripture. <laughs> um, first in the natural, then in the spirit. And so then as we're going along and get ready because it's about to pick up speed and pace, what he's doing. And, but we have to maintain this. We have to steward this. Um, a place that I realised that he'd brought me to just recently and I didn't know it until one of my friends asked me about um, how I stay connected with the Lord and I suddenly realised um, I, I don't necessarily go to connect to the Lord. I stay connected to the Lord and then I'm really aware when I'm not connected to the Lord. Does that make sense? It's like abiding, it's just flipped See what I was, was yeah, that was what I was meaning when I said earlier. It's like he's flipping things on me at the moment, my understanding of things. And so then I'm like, oh, I don't feel connected. And then I'm like, Holy Spirit, what's going on? Especially now after the Ezekiel River stuff I've been praying. It's like, okay, where am I out of alignment? Where am I not in agreement? Where am I not yielding to you? And so... I still have to guard my time because for me personally, I don't do well going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next in a day. I need a little bit of time in between. Um, I find I almost like run out of breath running like that. And so what I felt um, I wanted to leave you with was Holy Spirit saying, come find me. Come and find me. And if you are willing and if you would like to, um, if, that's, if, if you want to take the time to find him, would you be willing to stand and own it? Yeah? Well, stand up then. And we're just going to pray. We're just going to close in prayer. Um, and if you need more prayer afterwards, we'll have the ministry team up here for you. Um, but and please don't feel like you have to stand either. This is because the reality is this is between you and the Lord. 
So Holy Spirit, we just even come before you now. And we yield to you. Increase our sensitivity to you, Holy Spirit. We can't do this without you. We don't want to do it without you. We don't want to do it without you, Holy Spirit. Would you take us by the hand and just lead us into the rivers? Lead us into your river. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're increasing our trust of you. If you feel you've got areas that have been um, hardened in your heart, if there's areas of resistance that you can feel, just, just confess that to him now. Holy Spirit, we repent. Even where we thought we could do it without you. the gift of maturing love I pray that each one of us here would even tangibly feel your presence now so when we go out we know what you feel like We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you. We love you, Holy Spirit. Spirit has been given to us as a gift. He's been given to us as a gift so that we can actually do the things that He has called us to do. So we can love. 
so we can know Him. We don't have it where He would fall on a person and they would prophesy the word of the Lord. He came and dwelt amongst us and so that He could give us Holy Spirit so that we could have the word in us. Jesus, I ask for grace for the secret place. Just release a grace for the secret place. If that's an area you've been struggling in, just put your hand up because it's available. It's just so tangible. Grace for the secret place. A grace for your heart and your eyes to be captivated by Him again. Yes, Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for a greater, the gift of hunger for your presence your word the joy of obeying you grace for the minds to come to peace so that the heart can have room so that your spirit can have room is just such a vital part of knowing Him. Our ministry team can pray with you. 
if um, you feel that none of this applies to you, feel free. There's coffee and that out in the foyer. We bless you. But if you just even want to experience Holy Spirit more, just feel free to come forward. much more available of Him. There's so much more. There's so much more. Even if you want a gift of hunger, just step forward.
That is who you are. That is who. 